edition of today's program and welcome my special guest, Nathan Jones, Wet Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Hey, brother. The pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me on again. I know, you know, it's always a joy for me to be able to look forward every week to doing this uh, program just to hear what the Lord is putting in your heart to share with our watching and listening audience. So I'm so grateful that you're on. Well, thank you, brother. I also just praise the Lord for T-Wave. You guys are trying to make a difference in the world, and, uh, you know, the Lord uses mightily, and, and I just pray that this touches people's hearts and that they turn their lives over to you, uh, the Lord Jesus. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan. And, of course, before we continue, I oftentimes ask if you're able to share a little bit of information regarding your ministry, as we might have first-time listeners who maybe are not aware of the wonderful things that are happening there at Lamb and Lion Ministry. Maybe you can share with us your contact information and some resources. Well, sure. Uh, I, uh, again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries, where Bible prophecy teaching ministry, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And if you want to know about uh, the 31% of the Bible that's Bible prophecy, check us out. Our website is lamblion.com. There you can uh, watch our TV show, Christ and Prophecy. Check out our articles, our social network, sign up for our newsletter. One just went out today, actually. And, uh, and uh, just uh, join us, and uh, we can teach you a lot through that website, and uh, we just praise the Lord for it. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. And, of course, we want to encourage those that are watching and listening. You can check out the website right there on the big screen behind me. For those of you that are watching, you can also see that one of our featured resources is, uh, check this out, Nathan, uh, Revelation and Overview by Dr. David Reagan. So we have that there on the screen, and we want to thank you guys for this wonderful resource, Nathan. Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's uh, that one of the most popular of the resources Dr. Reagan created. He takes it people verse by verse the book of Revelation, and uh, it's one of our best studies, I believe. Uh, another one was Revelation Revealed, if they want a shorter DVD version. And uh, if you have a Bible study or a home group or something, I highly recommend this Revelation series if you want to go through the book of Revelation with, with the people in your Bible study. Absolutely. And Nathan, also, you and I were part of the Things to Come, Making Sense of Current Events, a 23rd Annual Pre-Trip Study Group. And uh, we're also highlighting that there, Nathan, for those that are watching us. I got my all my copies of the DVD set. I'm not sure if you ordered it, but it was a great resource too, right? Yeah, uh, the Preacher Conference is an amazing conference hosted by uh, Tim LaHaye and Tommy Ice and others. And, of course, Tim LaHaye is uh, one of the authors of the Left Behind series. And they meet every year in December. And it's just, uh, if you want to know, like, get really deep into Bible prophecy, these guys are the, the cream of the crop when it comes to the guys who know the, about Bible prophecy. And you learn a lot. And, brother, you get to hang out with a lot of wonderful people. Like, I got to hang out with you. And uh, our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, did some shoots there. And I look forward to... We don't have it on the schedule yet, but eventually uh, our interview with you on our television show, Christ and Prophecy. Oh, that was so much fun, and we thank you so much, Nathan, for the opportunities. And hey, talking about the creams of the crop, uh, you and Dr. Reagan do an excellent job in Lamb and Lime, so I'm so blessed to be able to offer these resources. Well, thank you, man. Uh, I know we know the time is short, the Lord's coming back soon, and we got a mission to, to get the word out. So we're trying everything we can, just like T-Wave is, to get the word out share the gospel with people as quickly as possible to the most people possible. And brother, I think that uh, in our communication technology today, the Lord's given us the tools to do just that. Absolutely, and that's why we're super excited to use everything uh, for God's glory. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing the wonderful resources and information with our viewers and our listeners. We're very excited also about today's program as we dive in to this incredible short but profound book of the book of Jude. We title our message again, 
contending uh, for the faith. And Nathan, would you be able to introduce us to the book and open us up with the first uh, four verses by reading there for anyone that maybe doesn't have a Bible and is not familiar uh, with this little small book of Jude that is so very hard to find? Yeah, well, it's not terribly hard to find. If, if you go to Revelation and back up one, you know, Revelation is the very end of the Bible, you, you found Jude. <laughs> But you're right, it's, it's short, it's, it's only a page, page and a half, depending on the font size of your Bible or screen, and uh, it's only 25 verses, but it's real short. And it was written by Jude, who was considered the, he said he's the, the uh, read here, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Mm. For certain men had crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, Nathan, of course, this is a power-packed book there, just a great uh, introduction as you open this up there in verse 1. Jude, a bondservant of, of Jesus Christ. And, and what exactly is all this going on here? What's this relationship? Well, he marks himself as the brother of James. And James, we know, is one of the uh, leaders of the early church. And if you go back to Mark 6.3, and this is when Jesus, we know, one the Gospels, uh, and uh, Jesus is uh, there teaching, and Mary shows up, and she brings... A family, and, and six three goes. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. So in other words, uh, we go back to Mark six and find out that Jesus had half brothers and at least two sisters through Joseph and Mary. Now the Catholic Church will teach that Mary was a perpetual virgin and right. never had children, but it's right in the Bible there, Mark six three that. That Jesus had four uh, half brothers, he had at least two half sisters, and one of them was James, who wrote the book of James, and the other one was was uh, Judas or Jude, who wrote the book of Jude. So we know then that this book was written by one of the half brothers of Jesus. Now, when Jesus was here on, in his earthly ministry, his brothers, you know, thought he was a nut. They, they right. distanced themselves as much as possible. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus Christ, and it wasn't until Jesus was resurrected that all of a sudden that they came to faith in him as Savior. You know, it'd be kind of hard if, if a relative all of a sudden goes around saying he's God, right? <laughs> I mean, you'd think he was a nut. He'd do everything in the distance. Of him. But when Jesus came back from the dead, it radically changed their views. And so they wouldn't even call themselves the brother of Jesus Christ. It, it, it was just too much. They would, they would associate with each other. Here Jude calls himself a bond servant of Jesus Christ. In other words, he is the servant of the one Lord and God, even though he's technically, in at least earthly form, his half-brother. So could you imagine if a sibling of yours Man. all of a sudden went around saying he was the Messiah, and he's nuts, and then all of a sudden he finds out he is. So that must have been terribly humbling for Jude. I know, and you know, Nathan, and we find that there are those uh, uh, relationship strains amongst family. I come from a family, I actually have six brothers and three sisters, and... Um, Wow. I know how it is. I remember when I came to know the Lord personally, how difficult it was for uh, my brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes they just don't accept that. No, no. It's a good thing. You know, you're not the Messiah. That would have been even harder. Uh, <laughs> no way, Nathan. I cannot even walk on water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what Jude had to contend with. And it's wonderful to see that at least both James and Jude 
gave uh, their hearts and love to Jesus yes. Christ. They, they realized that Jesus was here in bodily form uh, through the Virgin Mary at the time, but he wasn't of Joseph. And, and they knew that and they accepted that, and they were willing to be martyred for it too, because we know that uh, James was killed for his faith. And so um, that's where we start off. We start with James, and we find out that both uh, James and Jude are both leaders of the early church. Nathan, I love that opening, and, and of course, uh, there it says, mercy, peace, uh, and love multiply to you. And as you brought us to the verses 3 and 4, I mean, of course, we can, we can camp here for a while because it's just a lot in those two verses as we encourage, as he exhorts them to contend earnestly uh, for the faith. And, and of course, Nathan, there is, there's, even today, there's a lot of uh, uh, heresy out there. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, you just have to go to YouTube or in certain places, and there is so much nonsense that it really is making it difficult these days uh, for the true faith of the Lord, right? Yeah, Satan's always been a way trying to water down the gospel or trying to bury it with other false religions, but we know that the closer we get to Jesus' soon return, Jesus in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and other passages said, the closer we get to his return, the more there will be a proliferation of false prophets and false teachers who would try to lead people astray. And that's what Jude's contending with here. He, he realizes that uh, you know the, the people that he's helped lead to the Lord Satan is trying to pull them away in different directions, away from Jesus Christ. And so there's almost a, a sense of urgency in the book of Jude as you read it. Like, you know, he's worried that, like, his, his spiritual children are about to be led astray, and he doesn't want that to happen. So you can, as you read through this, there's just that urgency to, to rescue them, so to speak, from a precipice where they're about to fall in doctrinally. Mm, excellent. And, you know, when I, when I just read those words there, how we're to contend, it reminds me of... Uh, you know, a fighter or a boxer, right, Nathan? It's a serious business. Hey, you know, that's an excellent uh, comparison. It's true, because as, as boxers, we have to contend. If we don't, we get beaten up, right? We get knocked <laughs> out, we're lying on the mat, we're, we're down for the count, and, and Jude wanted people to contend for their faith, because, you know, he's not addressing a, a group of unbelievers. It says right there in verse 1, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. In other words, these are people yes. who are saved. They believe in Jesus Christ, their Savior, They've been sanctified by God the Father. They've been called into the service of the Lord. But even though we are called into the service of the Lord, we have to contend for the faith daily because Satan always tries to get us sidetracked. Absolutely. And I believe today we need to contend more than ever because there's just so much heresy out there. And you're right, Nathan. This is a word to believers, an exhortation, how we need to be like Bereans and make sure that we understand the times in which we're living in. Exactly, and I, I think this is a wonderful topic you picked because we live in, in tremendously wonderful times, but also tremendously difficult times. Those false prophets and false teachers, man, they are out there in abundance. They are trying so hard to get us sidetracked on knowing who the Jesus of the Bible is. And, and even back in Jude's time, you know, there were people who were trying to pull the Christians, the early Gnostics and other heretics were trying to pull believers in Christ away start their own cults and all, and Jude didn't want that to happen to his church. He wanted to make sure that they contended for the faith. Absolutely, and I just love those verses because and he, and he calls uh, his brothers beloved while I was uh, very diligently to write to you concerning our common salvation. And, and I love the way that Jude, uh, the way that it's written, uh, just the passion behind it, the concern uh, for the brothers and sisters, and that's why Nathan, when you and I uh, do these programs, it is our concern for our viewers and our listeners 
to really recognize that we do need to contend because there's a lot of roadblocks out there when it comes to the faith. It, it does, and, and what's wonderful too you bring up is, is the word beloved. Here Jude is calling him beloved. He loves the, the church. He loves the people he's led to know the Lord and Savior. He, he's like a father who, who's worried that their kids are going to go astray you know, and fall into traps. And so there's a, a deep sense of love that comes from behind the book of Jude. And we know it's in the Bible. We know that the Holy Spirit guided. So this is also the heart of God. God doesn't want us to be led astray. Right. He wants us, us to know him as who he is and not who false teachers say he is. Mm. For that is, Jude is a strong apologetic, a strong defense of the faith to keep Christians on track in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, Nathan, I also noticed there, uh, you know, like the Bible tells us in Galatians, that if anybody comes with any other gospel, that they are to be anathema. And here the message in, in verse 3 is, you know, he said, to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. So it's a type of faith. It's, a, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and gospel means good news. And really what it is, is when we talk about the gospel, the good news, we're talking about the story of Jesus' life. It's, it's biography, so to speak, you know, how he was born of a virgin, how he, he uh, traveled for three years sharing the good news, he was healing people, he was telling about the things of God, he then suffered and died across, on the cross for us, so that our sins, the guilt of our sins, the punishment would go on him, and then he resurrected from the dead three days later, and those who believe in him will be saved, and that was the story for Jude. You know, he, he saw Jesus from, I don't know what the age difference was between Jude and Jesus at the time. I, I assume since Jude's in the middle of the list there, he was probably at least a, a few years younger than Jesus. And he watched his brother, who was, who was perfect, you know. And, can you compare it to, Man. you know, there's always one kid who's the favorite, right? Can you imagine <laughs> being brother to Jesus? No, I cannot, Nathan. That's a, yeah. that's, I mean, that's a great uh, thing also. Uh, I mean, imagine after uh, uh, he rose from the dead, right? And uh, everybody started to believe him. Then I'm sure Jude was like, hey man, check this out. This is my bro, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine that Jesus probably got a little payback for some, whatever tormenting he might have got <laughs> from his brothers by showing up, hey, Jude, you know, I don't know. But, but we can see that Jude's life was transformed by it. And, and so I think it's a proof to, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a, another one of the lies that's perpetrated today is that, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I can't believe in that resurrection thing. That's miraculous. Forget that. But you know, without the resurrection from the dead, there is no victory over death. There's right. no forgiveness of sins. And it, it transforms people's lives, and it transforms Jews' lives. And you know, Nathan, that's a good point, because it's the resurrection that separates us from any, uh, every other religion. And uh, as you know, of course, historically, or even as... Uh, um, uh, as those people have excavate, uh, you know, old ruins, you can go and pretty much find the bones of every other prophet, but you go to Jesus' tomb and it's empty. Exactly. Buddha is buried. Confucius is buried. Muhammad is buried. All these leaders of these world religions are buried. Their bones are in the ground. People know where their graves are. But no one knows where Jesus' graves are. They think they might. I visited it a few times in Jerusalem, but it's just a guess because you know what? In Christianity, the tomb is empty because That's our God is alive. And praise the Lord. What, <laughs> what, <laughs> incredible, what incredible hope. And that's why we, we pray that anybody that is watching or listening to this program, we want you to know that that hope is also available to you. You simply need to recognize the work that God has done at the cross 
the work that Jesus did, and is he paid it in full, and it's all for all of you. So, Nathan, we celebrate a living hope today. Exactly, exactly. And it's what uh, Jude calls our common salvation. It's not like we all have different salvations. There's different ways to get to, to heaven. Mm. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except by me. And that's the message. That's the good news. That's the common salvation that Jude is sharing here. What an excellent point, Nathan. And of course, people try Different religions offer different ways that people can get to heaven, right, Nathan? Whether it's works of being good or whatever the case. But yet the Bible tells us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. That is the common faith. Exactly. It's kind of like if you've ever taken those, uh, those maze puzzles, you know, in the back of restaurant uh, menus or in, in books. And, you know, you go through the maze and up, you hit a dead end. And you backtrack and up, you hit a dead end. And all. That's what all these other religions are. That's what Satan wants. He wants us trapped. Like maze runner, you know, we're trapped in the maze, we can't get out. There's only one way to get through the maze and out the other side. And that's with a, with a belief in Jesus Christ as Savior. It's the one way to get out of that maze. Mm, excellent point. And of course, Nathan, as we look there at verses 3 and 4, it's just amazing to me, uh, this uh, encouragement. And also there, uh, verse 4, you also read to, uh, for us, certain men uh, have crept in unnoticed. What's going on with that? Well, that's how Satan does it. What he does, you know, he brings people in the church, and they're, hey, the new visitors and all that. Hey, that's great. Hey, let's bring them in, and hey, maybe we can, uh, you know, have them join our Bible study, or let's give them a position in the church, or work their way up to elders, or even a, a pastor, per se. And you, you find out that they're not really born-again believers. Mm. They come in with a different doctrine. Usually they come in with an agenda, and that agenda is to turn the churches over. And brother, we live in a time period where the, uh, the wolves have crept in among the sheep, so yeah. to speak, and they're taking over churches left and right. And then when you've got people like that, you get all sorts of church doctrine and church teachings that are nothing like Jesus taught in the Bible. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, it reminds me of what Paul said in Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 28, regarding what would happen to people that will be creeping into the church. And Paul puts it this way in Acts 20, verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And then he says, also from among yourself, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. And that's exactly what you're saying to us, right, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, obviously Paul and all the other church leaders at the time period, that's what they experienced. There's no church that isn't affected by somebody coming in trying to uh, distract, distract people from the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's just a shame because we're talking Jude here. It's probably around the 60s AD, and uh, so the church is very young. It's only a few decades right. old. And, and here it is, already people have crept in, no one notices, they look like a Christian, you know, they have a smile, they have a family maybe, you know, they say the right things, they help people, but they really don't believe in Jesus as their Savior, and they want to, uh, usually knowingly, I wouldn't say unknowingly, they, they creep in unnoticed because they are, as Jude says, ungodly men. Yes. They're not godly. <laughs> they haven't accepted Jesus Savior, they're ungodly, and they come in for the purpose of distorting the gospel. They're like secret agents for Satan, you mm. And they come in, but, and this is what's wonderful what Jude says, for what they do, 
long ago they were marked out for this condemnation. In other words, people who try to go in and distort the gospel and lead people away from Christ, they're already condemned. They're just waiting for the day of judgment. Excellent point. And of course, Nathan, we know that the, those moving in stealth, if you will, trying to sneak in. Uh, and, and the Bible also warned us in Matthew 7, uh, there, verse 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. And, and Nathan, you made a great point. It's those, they, they creep in, they come in sort of like unnoticed, and uh, the enemy plants people sometimes in ministries, in churches, right, Nathan? Not everybody's a Christian. <laughs> well, I, we live in a time, too, where we're seeing so many denominations collapse. The, the losing members, like a boat leaking water and Wow. They're collapsing because they have replaced the true gospel of Jesus Christ that saves with a man-made philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then you see all sorts of abuses. You see the pastors having affairs. Yes. You see uh, uh, putting people in charge of churches that are totally unbiblical, like, uh, say, gay pastors or pastors involved in adulterous relationships. Right. We see churches that uh, focus so much on a social gospel that they forget the spiritual lives of people, why we're here as Christians, to fulfill the Great Commission and lead people to Jesus Christ. And so we're seeing that the churches, especially in the West, uh, falling apart because they let these people creep in, these ungodly people, and put them in positions of authority, and they eventually always lead the church away from Jesus Christ. What an excellent point. And this is, uh, you know, Nathan, I'm always reminded of the exhortation in Revelation chapter uh, 3 there to the the Church of Philadelphia, and, and, and what a great uh, thing you're saying to us, because we we find that there's so many individuals that are being put uh, in positions, supposedly a leadership and pastoral ministries that really should have nothing, uh, uh, they should not be in those pulpits, and you know, Revelation 3, verse 8, uh, against the Church of Philadelphia, I know your works, see that I have before you an open door, no one can shut it, for you have little strength, but have kept my word and have not denied my name. So there's that keeping without being faithful, right, Nathan? Exactly. But, and uh, you bring up a good point. You can recognize them by their works. And James, excuse me, Jude here says that they turn the grace of our God into lewdness mm. and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can recognize them pretty instantly. For one, the grace of God, in other words, the freedom we have to live outside of the law but still morally. Well, they say, well, hey, with grace, you can live whatever you like, you can do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. And uh, that's one example. And the other, they deny Jesus Christ. They'll get on the pulpit and say, well, you know, Jesus was a good teacher, or he was a prophet, he wasn't really the Son of God, he wasn't born of a virgin birth, he wasn't resurrected from the dead, he's not the only way to God that the Universalist Unitarians teach. You know, it's all a lie to pull people away from God. It's satanic. And again, that's why Jude is so concerned, because he's seeing his people being led away into lewdness. Uh, you know, people are attracted by, by sin, by lewdness, and he doesn't want his sheep stolen by the wolves. Excellent point, Nathan. Wow, what a wonderful way as we get ready to wrap up this first segment of the program. And what a wonderful word of encouragement, Nathan. And I thank you so much for opening up those verses for us. And, of course, for those of you that are watching or listening, our lines are open. The local number is 305-992-9537. You can call in or text in with your questions or your comments. And, of course, if we're off the air, you can just leave us a message. And we'll be glad to get back to you. For those of you that are watching this live via Twitcast, and go ahead and you can post there your questions or your comments, and we'll be able to pick those up here. But Nathan, I know our time uh, goes quickly. We only have about a minute left of the program. But we see that uh, 
the, the offer there, that grace, that awesome salvation that we have, is something that is available still for all those that would want it. And Nathan, uh, you often give us uh, the opportunity uh, for an invitation for anybody that's maybe watching or listening that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, so that they will be able to grab hold of that grace of God. Would you be able to share that, Nathan, maybe how someone can start their relationship, maybe a prayer that they can pray to today come to Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's great, Jude here calls those who are called, uh, who are believers in Jesus Christ, they're sanctified, but in other words, they're cleansed of their sins, and they're preserved in Jesus Christ, they're protected in Jesus. And isn't that something that everybody should want? Isn't that awesome yes. to think that God has called you, He wants to cleanse you of your sins, He did that by giving His own Son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place, and once we've accepted Jesus as Savior, we're preserved in Him. No one can snatch us out of His hands. And we know we have a great future with Jesus Christ forever in His own heaven. And for those out there who haven't accepted that yet, who haven't surrendered to the calling of God, pray in your heart. Please, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises that He will cleanse you of your sins, He will sanctify you in your walk, and He will give you a bright hope and a future. Excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan, for the wonderful invitation. And I want to thank you, Nathan, for being part of the first segment of this program. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, brother. It is just such an honor to be here and share the gospel with those listening in. Awesome. And I want to thank those of you that are tuned in. And we pray that you can take us to the second segment. Of the Lord, Jesus, Nathan Jones, the prophetic book of Jews. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for being part of the program.